0: Stay tuned for the uh, Corporations and Democracy that is coming up in just a second, and we're going to be talking about public banks.
1: First you told us only, through you could we know God, and if we dared to question, he wouldn't spare the rod. For you we work the soil for you we dug the moors for you we shed our blood and fought so many pointless wars now you try to tell us there's nothing we can do you say the world around us belongs fairly to the few but about six billion people no doubt will agree this world is our home not your property it's the commons our right of birth and you who would enclose the land all around the earth is your downfall when we cut this ball and chain you who've sacrificed the public good for your private gain. with our sweat we built the railroads built cities on these shores but because you own the money you see that it's all yours we laid the phone lines and the pipelines and then right before our eyes you see these things are taxes paid for you now will privatize privatize the hospitals Privatize the schools, privatize the prisons, for all those who break your rules, and preparing for the day when all the wells run dry, you they own the very rain that falls down from the sky, but it's the commons, our right of birth, and you'd own the water all around the earth, our future is your downfall, only cut this ball and shame. You who'd sacrifice the public good for your private gain. You claim to own the harvest with your terminator seeds You claim to own the genomes of every animal that breeds You claim to own our culture and the music that we play And with each song that we download to your coffers we must pay You'd even own my name and you'd say it's for the best Maybe you'll let us on your radio If our songs can pass your test You own country, you own western, you say you've given us a choice you may own the airwaves but you'll never own my voice it's the commons our right of birth and you who'd own the music all around the earth our future is your downfall only cut this ball and chain you who'd sacrifice the public good for your private gain it's the commons our right of birth and you who would own everything all around the earth our future is your downfall only cut this ball and shame you who sacrifice the public good for your
2: private gain
3: the opinions expressed on corporations and democracy are those of our guests and the host and not necessarily of the management of mendocino County Public Broadcasting good afternoon and welcome to Corporations and Democracy for April 8th 2021 this is the program that examines how corporations dominate our democracy and what citizens are doing to replace corporate dominance with true democracy. I'm Steve Scamanini, with co-host Annie Esposito. Today we'll be spending the hour with two guests who will give us an update on the prospects for creation of public banks this year. We've discussed public banks a few times over recent years, and momentum has been building, particularly over the last year, to facilitate their creation. One of our guests will be on the West Coast, and that will be David Cobb. David works with the California Public Banking Alliance. It's a coalition of public banking activists in California working to create socially and environmentally responsible city and regional public banks and coordinating somewhat with the Public Banking Institute. He is also the co-coordinator of the U.S. Solidarity Economy Network. He serves on the Collaborative Design Council of the uh, Transition U.S. organization and is also on the Board of Advisors of the California Progressive Alliance. On the East Coast, we'll be speaking with Ruth Kaplan. Ruth is the co-chair of the Massachusetts Public Banking Campaign. She also co-chaired the D.C. Public Banking Campaign in the District of Columbia. And she is the also a founding co-chair of the Alliance for Democracy, where she is now vice co-chair and where she has run the Defending Water for Life campaign for many years. So, let's look at the prospects for public banks in 2021. David Cobb on the West Coast, welcome to Corporations and Democracy.
2: Well, thank you, Steve. It's a pleasure to be back with you and Annie and all the other fine folks at and Z.
3: Great. And Ruth Kaplan on the East Coast, welcome to the program. We're glad it's a bi-coastal effort. And we're going to cover states in between also today.
0: Right. Yeah, we're going to be all over the place, just like public banking is right now. So, um, I thought maybe we would start out with some of the advantages to establishing public banks. A lot of people don't know what it is, and and, uh, even if they do, there's a lot of things that they haven't thought about that make them even more important. And so, Ruth, I I wanted you to start. What are some of the main reasons why we need them? And then we'll have David pile on after you mention some of the advantages.
4: Well, you know, the bottom line is we really need to get our public funds out of Wall Street banks because what they do is pursue corporate profits, and we want to get our own funds, our tax dollars into our own banks where our tax dollars and other revenues are the basis for the bank to make loans to promote the public good. And so what are we talking about the public good? Things like supporting small businesses, lifting up minority owned businesses, creating affordable housing and local sustainable food production, building climate resilient infrastructure, installing renewable energy, And, you know, right now we're really needing to create an equitable path to recovery from the COVID-driven economic crisis we're in right now.
0: Yeah, okay. So that's all really important economic stuff. And, and David, what are some of the thoughts you have? What comes to mind immediately when you think about public banks?
2: Well, at this very moment, what I'm thinking is Ruth Kaplan nailed it. Uh, (laughs) And there's not – I guess I'll just – Another spin on it, and that is to really break it down and say, public banking is just like private banking, except it's banking on behalf of and for the public interest. And that's not really just a clever play on words. The reality is that private bankings, private banks, are literally owned by the shareholders, and the entire business model is designed to return a profit for the shareholders. As Ruth Kaplan described accurately, public banks are literally owned by the public, they operate for the public, and therefore there is no need for an extractive economy uh, that is a transaction cost. Instead, uh, we are literally, with public public banking, democratized finance, which is a profound way to democratize our economy.
0: Another thing I think of too since two thousand and eight is that uh, the public banks are more recession proof. Do you agree, uh, David? Well, of
2: course that's true. Uh, the reality is that if you take a look uh, at the two thousand and eight recession, uh, there was and the credit crisis that really rocked the country. The one state uh, that seemed to be immune from that credit crisis, of course, was. North Dakota, and of course, you guessed it, the only state in the union (laughs) with a public bank.
0: Yeah, okay. So, yeah, so there's some evidence right now that it helps during a recession that there's not the same amount of punishment to the state that has a a public bank. And then, Ruthie, you were talking a lot about um, the. Equitable um, part of this whole equation, and and that would include, you know, what we have right now. Where half of Black and Latino household, at least in California, are unbanked or underbanked, and and of course we've always had banks doing redlining. So do you see that helping some of the racial problems in this country?
4: You know, in Massachusetts, and I'm sure out on the West Coast, we're very, very focused on racial equity. We're working closely with organizations like the Black Economic Council of Massachusetts and Ujima and um, others that are supporting minority businesses. So we're really working hand in glove with them um, to make sure that uh, when the bank is up and running that minority businesses um, get a full opportunity to take advantage of loans from the public bank.
0: And then, David, I know you've done a lot of work on, on green things, and I, uh, the climate is really important to people right now, so would it also help the climate crisis?
2: Well, absolutely, uh, Annie, and the, the the really the important thing to understand about the, the, the climate crisis and all these fossil fuel inf- infrastructures is that even though the scientific objective data is clear, unambiguous, and unassailable, that fossil fuel is driving the climate crisis. And by the way, it's not coming. It's here and getting worse. Here in Northern California with the fires, we are uh, beginning fire season. It's really on everybody's mind. So it's just it's crazy that fossil fuel infrastructure continues to be built. And the only reason it's being built is because... It is profitable, and therefore, on the short-term thinking, the way capitalism and uh, the private banking system works, it literally uh, is a quote good investment. the 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 benefit to a public bank is not only is not the is there no incentive uh, to do fossil fuel, but wait, there's more because actually you can uh, use the 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 public bank to actually fund climate crisis mitigation, climate crisis adaptation, and climate crisis solutions. So public bank really is one of those uh, win-win-win proposals.
4: I think, you know, David is absolutely right, and I think it's very important that in any legislation, this is written in the bill so that there's no question that um, climate resilience and green infrastructure are going to be part of the loan portfolio of the public bank.
3: Well, that, that sure gets my attention, let me tell you. For the, the, the two issues you mentioned, one is funding infrastructure for uh, dealing with climate change, and the other is, and simultaneous uh, this year certainly, would be dealing with recovery uh, after the pandemic. There's a lot of funding that needs to happen to save businesses and get them back on their feet, and I sure support that. By the way, back to a few minutes ago, I, I, I held back on a little wisecrack, but, you know, the, the tagline <laughs> for public banking should, should be, uh, no bailouts required. Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> Yeah, I would like to get into that, too, a little bit, uh, Steve, what you're bringing up. Because the first thing people seem to say, oh, but isn't that risky? And I'm, and I'm thinking about who we bailed out. Yeah, for how many trillion was that? <laughs> uh, and so we, we just talked about why uh, it's an advantage to have public banks. So let's get into a little bit. of So how do they work? Uh, Ruth, who joins public banks? How do they work? Um, The
4: public bank is for all the people of the jurisdiction, so you don't have to join. If you're a resident of the area in Massachusetts, you would be a resident of Massachusetts. The public bank is there to serve you and all of the people, not so much as individual loans. But again, we talked about some of the areas that public banking would support. So loans that will help the community to become strong and resilient. Uh, So um, that's, that's really, really important. And it's also important to remember that banks actually create money. Banks create money and they do that because once they're capitalized, that's the money that just stays there. And once there's deposits, then the bank can make loans and what we have to remember is the bank doesn't loan out that money. It that money just allows it to make loans. You know, that sounds a little like what magic or something, but it's the way all banks work. You don't actually loan out the money on deposits. The deposits and the capitalization let the bank make loans. And so banks are actually creating money. I mean, isn't that awesome? <laughs>
0: Well, so um, with with the traditional bank, yes, that's certainly true, creating debt. and uh, But with the um, public banks, it would be working from the treasury of the district or municipality or state, but wouldn't it also uh, have that magic aspect of uh, debt-based currency?
4: Yes, exactly, because like in Massachusetts, the state legislature would allocate funds for the capitalization of the bank. There's other ways to do it, but that's how we're going to do it. And then the state deposits its funds, our tax dollars and other revenues, in that bank. And so instead of in Massachusetts, uh, where we now have it in um, uh, investment fund, called MMDT, which then... Uses that as a basis of making loans all around the globe. That money becomes the basis for making loans right in Massachusetts to help all the people of the state.
0: Uh huh. Keep the money in the community where you're helping the community instead of China to build <laughs> to help the shareholders of a big bank and do even more stuff right. that doesn't pertain to us. Um, so David, I was just following up on this a little bit, do you want to talk about uh, some of the mechanisms in a public bank that are different from the more usual familiar private banks?
2: Uh, sure, and in fact, it gives me the opportunity to get very California-specific and really lift up the cutting-edge law that was passed uh, just before the pandemic hit last year and that is uh, California uh, Public Banking Bill eight five seven, that actually created a mechanism to allow up to ten local and regional public banks. So that Annie, Steve, uh, KZyx, and the listeners, what I'm telling you is California has the ability to create local or uh, and regional public banks. Uh, well, not exactly right now because we are still working with the Department of Business organization to promulgate the rules associated with it. So, uh, and there hasn't been a public bank chartered uh, in, a st- in a state in the union uh, in a century. So this is incredibly exciting news. Um, now, what, what, what makes it uh, unique is, and, and Ruth touched on this, that the 857 bill allows the creation of local and regional public banks but not for individual banking. There's another bit of legislation that we're working on now that we can talk about it if there's time, but 857 is for deposits of local uh, and regional governmental institutions like uh, Mendocino County or the city of Ukiah or a fire district, a school district could be depositors uh, in such a bank, right? Mm-hmm. And yes, the magic of... Money creation uh, that Ruth absolutely accurately described, it's, it's called fractional reserve banking. And I'll just take a moment to say I still remember about a decade ago when, when that was first described to me. I literally thought it was a conspiracy. theory. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't really, I didn't believe it. No. I had to actually do the research. And let me just tell you all, it's absolutely true. Mon, uh, that private banks or banks literally create money using a debt-based system. So the point I'm making is when, not if, when we have local and regional public banks, our governments will be depositing uh, the public dollars into those accounts. And, Steve, this gets back to your earlier comment. It means that infrastructure projects will be cut, the cost of them, basically in half. Uh, And, again, the first time I heard this, I said, that really can't be true. But again, look at all the scientific or economic data, all of the studies. Uh, it, it's black and white. It's, it's math. The reality is public infrastructure projects usually caught about half of the overall cost of them are simply the privilege of borrowing money from these Wall Street uh, banks. It's outrageous, and we will basically eliminate that.
0: I'm I'm glad you brought up AB 857 in California. We're going to move to the East Coast in a minute, but meanwhile, back here in California, I know Mendocino County, several years ago, uh, activists here who are interested in public bank had to put a measure on the county ballot to uh, make Mendocino a charter county so that it could... Create a public bank, and, and now uh, AB 857 has done that for us. And we don't the that measure failed, by the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. So now we have a little head start. When the Mendocino Public uh, Banking Group gets fired up again, they have uh, a platform now that they didn't have before. That's absolutely
2: right. And I, I I I would be remiss if I didn't just lift up the fantastic organizing and educating that went on. For that charter uh, process, I, I, I continue to support that and hope that it will be revisited. Uh, and it was a it was a it was a well-run campaign. But you're absolutely right, Annie, that there uh, 857 now says that uh, unincorporated and uh, uh, and non-charter or general law cities and counties can participate. And if there are folks in Mendocino who do want to create a local public banking effort. I would encourage you to do so and reach out to us at the California Public Banking Alliance so that you could actually become part of our statewide network because we don't have individual members. We do have organizational members of the network. And uh, right now, Cooperation Humble is the organizational member representing Humboldt to the California Public Banking Alliance, and we would love to help facilitate uh, getting – a, a group going in mendocino to join the california public banking
3: i should slip in that there i think there are 10 uh, regional or cities uh, regional organizations or cities in the state that are on that list now i'll mention them again later but uh but just for now that there are there are 10 that are working with the california alliance i believe
0: yeah you really need to group up i guess because uh aba 57 passed but nobody's created that public bank yet have they
2: they, they haven't, Annie. And to be clear, that's because we're still working with the Department of Business Organization to promulgate the rules. And as a lawyer, I can tell you there are rules and then there are rules. And I don't mean to be coy, but, like, we all know this, right? You could imagine creating a set of rules that makes it basically impossible to do something. You can also imagine promulgating a set of rules that make it super easy to do something. And as you can imagine, the California Public Banking Alliance argued, look, it's public banking. The state legislature wants public banks. You should make it easier to create a public bank than normal banks. Wall Street and the Banking Association said, no, 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 it's public money. Uh, it's, it's too risky. You should make it harder to create a public bank. And I just want to really lift up and honor the Department of Business Organization played it right down the middle. We're working with them, and they have said clearly and by word and deed are demonstrating the truth that they're saying, Public banks are banks. We're not going to make it any easier to create a public bank, but we're also not going to make it any harder, which I just want to land on that. That's why it's important that Mendocino gets involved in the California Public Banking Alliance because the capitalization required, neither Humboldt nor Mendocino nor Del Norte or even Sonoma County on our own have enough public deposits to actually properly capitalize a public bank but regionally we could easily have a public bank of the North.
3: Well that's great news and it's I'm really heartened to hear that the Department of <clears throat> Business Organizations is is cooperating being reasonable you, you're giving them a good report. I'm really glad to hear it.
0: <laughs> so that uh, we've been talking about 857 which enables public banking in California but there's a new bill, right, AB 1177, that is different, and it's really being put forward mainly as to help bank the unbanked. Do you want to talk about what's happening with California's Assembly Bill 1177?
2: Uh, well, Annie, you you nailed it, uh, and I'll, I'll harken back to some of Ruth's earlier comments, especially around uh, low-income people and people of color who really are being... Uh, Taken advantage of, to put it mildly, uh, by the banking system and, the, and, and our current economic system is so profoundly exploitative and unfair. Uh, uh, AB 1177 actually doesn't create a true public bank in the traditional sense, but what it is is a budget allocation which would allow the, the creation of uh, a fund that would literally be made available to bank the unbanked. So it won't have the magic fractional reserve banking uh, power, and we are intending to move on that as well uh, in the next legislative session. But 1177 deserves our support, and especially because, and I want to really lift up, uh, SEIU, Service Employees International Union, are really driving this. So we're building organizational relationships with organized labor, uh, all up and down the Golden State. And a whole host uh, of organizations uh, advocating for policies in the best interest of working people, uh, low-income folks, uh, and people of color and immigrants. So 1177 is a budget allocation that would allow the creation or would create a revolving fund to be able to bank the unbanked and underbanked.
0: Uh huh. So somebody that that depends on payday lenders and all the problems that are, are around that situation, they could now write checks, have a bank account through this revolving fund. You
2: got it. You can become a spokesperson, Annie. You really nailed
0: it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, All right, so we want to get to Massachusetts, and there's a whole bunch going on there. One more thing about here. You were talking about the us rural groups up here getting together, the different uh, counties and so forth, Uh, and I suppose we're looking towards Santa Rosa, and Santa Rosa is looking towards San Francisco because that's the big entity in Northern California. So what's happening in San Francisco? Well,
2: Sanford, like, uh, remember that, uh, that there are up to 10 local or regional public banks. Uh, and there is a very good-natured uh, but very real friendly competition to see which will be the first public bank. Remember the the rules themselves have not been promulgated, but that has not stopped public banking uh, activists and advocates because we have folks in Los Angeles and uh, in San Diego and in Oakland slash East Bay and in San Francisco <laughs> who are all working to create business plans, uh, who are working uh, to create a mechanism so that as soon as the rules are there, the applications can come in. So my guess is that, uh, in fact, I, I bet it, as we say where I'm from, a dollar to a donut, that one of those four jurisdictions are going to be the first one, uh, but there still is room for the... <laughs> Those of us in the rural North Coast, uh, as we like to jokingly say, the real Northern California, to our <laughs> friends in the Bay Area, uh, we should get together and be in the second wave uh, of public bankings and create the first regional public banking.
0: All right. So now we're going to be bi-coastal, like we talked about before. Of uh, Ruth, you're connected with uh, Massachusetts public banking, and this is a pretty exciting time for you right now. What are you up to?
4: All right. Well, we have two bills that have been introduced. They're actually the same in the Senate and the House. Uh, and these bills establish a state public bank, and they do it by providing for fifty million million in capitalization for each of four years, so $200 million in capitalization altogether. And remember, the capitalization is patient. It just stays there in, in the bank. And then um, deposits will be transferred from where they are now, which is called MMDT. It's a private investment fund. It invests across the country and around the world in all kinds of things that we wouldn't want to see our money invested in, but we have no say. So the deposits, and I won't go into all the details, but the deposits will be transferred from this private investment fund to the public bank once the public bank is established. And one of the things that we felt is very, very important is that there be a strong uh, voice for the public, And we've had a lot of discussion in our steering committee about how to do this, and it's been built into the legislation. First of all, there will be a public comment portal. And that means that anybody will be able to uh, go up on the web and leave comments, which will then be um, uh, pulled together and responded to by the chair of the Board of Advisors. And we have an 18-member board of advisors. I can't tell you how much time we spent <laughs> trying to figure out how to have a board of advisors that was board, broadly representative of different public interests in the state. And we finally came up with an 18-member board that will represent the um, Uh, Community Development Financial Institutions, CDFIs, and cooperatives, especially worker-owned enterprises. It will represent nonprofits, specifically um, representing underserved neighborhoods. That's where the equity comes in. Small businesses, again, especially for underserved neighborhoods. Sustainable agriculture and food security enterprises are very important on the Board of Advisors. Organizations promoting climate change, uh, ameliorization, environmental justice is going to be represented. Labor, municipalities. You know, we had an interesting conversation. Uh, first, we were actually naming organizations. So we said, "Oh well, state AFL CIO." Then we said, "Wait a minute, SEIU is not a part of AFL CIO, and they represent a lot of minority workers." So maybe we should have the SEIU and the AFL-CIO. Well, the way the (laughs) bill is written now, it would represent um, both of those factions. And it would also um, uh, have a representative for municipalities. Um, The bill is set up with a board of directors, and the state treasurer is chair of the board. You know, on the one hand, that makes you nervous. The state treasurer, isn't she just a part of the, he It's a she in Massachusetts, by the way, right now, a part of the system. But you have to have buy-in. You have to have buy-in from the system. And so having the state treasurer be the chair of the board and appointing the other members of the board under very specified categories um, is is how it's being um, uh, set up. Um The good thing about Massachusetts is we have a two-year session. So the bill has just been introduced um, by a progressive senator and two progressive uh, representatives, one of whom is a woman of color. Um, So we're trying to start, you know, right out of the gate, having the bank represent our values. Um, And we are now in a very intense organizing phase. Um, So we're working very closely with the community development financial institutions. We're working closely with farmers and food processors and distributors. Um, We are working with small businesses. You know, the other day we had the most wonderful Zoom call with a cooperative called Commonwealth Kitchen. And this organization works with minority small businesses many many food trucks they provide marketing advice they actually have a kitchen um where people can come in and prepare their food um and um they were so excited about the public bank it was just like yes, this is what we're here for um and we're also beginning to do zoom calls with mayors we've now done uh three zoom calls and, and we're working to set up more because having the mayors um, supportive of the public bank is going to be um, very, very important. So that's just a little bit about us.
0: I guess one thing, listening to that magnificent description, uh, uh, reminds me of another thing about uh, public banks, and that there tends to be a lot of diverse input into the coming about of the be- the bank in question.
3: Let me take off on that for well, just a just-
4: Go ahead. When we've done the organizing in the right way. Yes. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> you mentioned food or organizations and the you know, sort of the food chain there. Um, and one thing I didn't hear, but I'm curious. I, I assumed this would be uh, uh, the bank would be uh, available for funding uh, retail type uh, food, you know, grocery stores and such in the food deserts that I keep reading about. Um, is that one of the possibilities?
4: Well, I think that's going to be very, very important, Steve. We haven't actually used that phrase. It's a phrase I'm very familiar with, um, especially from my work, previous work in in D.C. So I think that that will be very, very important for us. I'm really glad you brought
3: that up.
0: So we're going to want to move uh, On to the federal level. and Oh,
3: Steve, you uh, have something slip, else? I want to slip into things just about the program in general. If, if anyone would like to join the conversation in the latter half hour here, the number is 895-2448. That's in area code 707. Again, 707-895-2448. And also I want to slip in that as listeners locally know uh, we are in our quiet drive uh, for uh, funding the station and if you would uh, uh, like if you like the show and would like to uh, contribute we'd appreciate that. You can call in here at 895-2233 and talk to Renee here or you can go to our website kzyx.org and just select the big red donate button at the top of the page and we of course would appreciate any donations.
0: And if you happen to have envelopes and stamps and all that stuff, it's, uh, the address for a check, P.O. Box 1, Philo 95466. So, uh, I did want to get onto what's going on nationally in Congress, but first let's, uh, spend just a little bit more time on the East Coast because Ruth, not only are you involved with Massachusetts, you know a lot about what's going on in New Jersey, Philadelphia, New York. Um, do you want to give us a little rundown? Sure,
4: I'd be glad to. Um, There's a lot of campaigns going on. Um, In New Jersey, uh, the governor set up um, an implementation board, not something to think about it, but to actually implement a public bank. He set it up in uh, the end of 2019, and um, they have been meeting, I think, monthly. Um, One of the principal people from the Public Banking Institute is on that commission. Uh, The state treasurer, as I remember, is chairing it. And so this is a very, very serious effort in moving forward in New Jersey um, through this commission rather than through legislation. And it's important to remember that the governor of New Jersey is a former Wall Street banker, And so he understands banking and he understands what a public bank could do for a state like New Jersey. And then in Philadelphia, um, uh, African-American council member Derek Green introduced the first bill in the country to create a city-owned bank. And it'll focus on racial equity in its financing. So we're very, very excited about that. Um, Philadelphia has been... Uh, organizing around getting a city public bank for many, many years. Um, so some of this is, you know, it doesn't happen overnight, but this is, this is an exciting culmination of, of a lot of good organizing there. And then in New York State, um, they have an assembly bill to create an Empire, uh, state public bank. So there's, there's a lot um going on on the east coast and then new mexico if we can just go across the country a little bit has a very very active campaign it's had a bill in the state legislature they're the opposite of us instead of two years their late legislature meets for like three or four months so i don't think they're going to get the bill through this time but they're getting the issue really out there and and discussed so i think that's really important and you know, maybe we should let listeners know also that um, there's public banking um, all around the world, um, and um, and globally, at least twenty five percent of all banks are public banks.
0: You know, I'd like to come back to that and and do some global stuff, but uh, maybe we could slide in a little bit about what's going on Congress right now nationally. Uh, David, could sure. you could you speak to that? I guess sure. the squad has has passed has has a bill, right? A public banking act.
2: Yes, there are actually several things, but the thing that we uh, in the public banking movement are most excited about is the bill being introduced by Rashida Tlaib and AOC because their proposal actually really does double duty. Uh, first, it actually creates public money uh, to ensure that local governments. Local businesses and people who do business with public banks uh, would uh, have access to the capitalization required to actually create it. In addition, it uh, it, it creates the mechanisms necessary uh, between the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation and the Federal Reserve. It, it really actually makes the economic stability associated with public banking clear and ambiguous. So it is a Let's make sure that public banking works. But the thing that I really want to underscore that is incredibly important, and that is that this particular bill also would put a restriction, no, a prohibition uh, on public banks investing in or doing business with the fossil fuel industry. I want to say this again. that bill literally prohibits public banks from investing in or doing business with the fossil fuel industry. Mm. So this is the kind of democratization of the finance industry as a matter of general principle and the kind of public policy that we know has large majority support across political ideology, but because Wall Street frankly controls the, the, the ruling uh, interest of both of uh, the two major establishment parties, uh, by taking that progressive stand, we literally can begin to shift the, the climate crisis.
0: Wow, so that fits right in with the Green New Deal. <laughs> that's
3: Indeed, great. that's great news.
0: Steve, did you have something you wanted to jump in there with? I
3: had a moment ago, and it slipped from
0: <laughs> Okay, well, so that's a national level. I, I guess there is also... A- uh, National Infrastructure Bank bill and um, and then some new postal banking a uh, new postal banking act. Uh, I was going to ask you about postal banks too. I don't know, David. Do you want to say anything about postal banks? Something that I think we had in this country w- once upon a time.
2: Well, we did. And again, just as Ruth has pointed out, how prevalent public banks are. Uh, the reality is that in this country, uh, we used to have public banks, and we also used to have postal banking, and postal banking literally was uh, much more about providing banking services uh, for ordinary Americans who could not or did not have the ability to access other banks. And that's what postal banking would do. Again, think about how often uh, all of us have a need or a reason to go to the post office. The idea of public banking is to, again, allow the postal uh, post offices across the country to actually serve Uh, as a banking location for retail banking. Again, uh, a a way to eliminate the need for those horrific predatory payday lenders. So uh, again, I'm personally much more excited about public banking that has specific, uh, the, the magic power that Ruth described, the fractional reserve banking. But I also want to acknowledge that postal banking Uh, And uh, just like 1177 here in California, providing services to allow the unbanked and underbanked uh, to have retail banking services is still a very powerful and positive development.
3: Let me mention the thought I had a couple of minutes ago. You mentioned sort of the the, the magic acronym FDIC. So uh, can you confirm for listeners that that a public bank would be backed up? Uh, just like uh, commercial banks are by the FDIC?
2: Well, I can tell um, you
4: that. It, and- it depends on the bank mm-hmm. um, and how it's structured. For instance, the Bank of North Dakota um, is not, and mm. uh, we're assuming the uh, public bank in Massachusetts will not need FDIC insurance because they're bank they're backed up by the full credit of the state
0: itself. Gotcha. Okay, and David, did you also have a comment on that?
2: Yeah, it, it, that here in California it would be because in order to actually pass our groundbreaking legislation, that was actually something that uh, we had to navigate. So mm-hmm. uh, Ruth is absolutely correct. It depends on the legislation associated with how you create one. Uh, we made the argument that it would not be necessary for the same reasons that Ruth just laid it out. Uh, but, uh, and, and by the way, that bill originally was an effort to create a statewide public bank. Uh, and we ended up with ten local to regional public banks uh, because that's what we were able to actually get through the legislature.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, there's always that. And then, and then back to the uh, we were talking about the s- different states. And uh, but then let's take that to the global aspect. Um, Ruth, you mentioned a 25 percent. I saw somewhere a 40 percent figure that all bank of, of all banks are publicly owned. But it is a huge number worldwide.
4: It is. Um, I think it. it I've seen many different percents, Steve, but at least 25%. Mm-hmm. And um, going from Germany to Brazil, Russia and China may not be a surprise, but even Canada had a public bank from 1935 to 1971. And it's interesting to look at Germany because uh, their public banks date back to the 19th century. And those uh, banks are local folk banks, folks. Um, co-op banks, and they have about 17 million members. And then after World War II, and this is something I think we need to be telling people, the United States, under the German Marshall Fund, set up a public bank, a state public bank, KFW, and it was key to Germany's recovery. So the United States was key in setting up a state public bank in Germany, and now Germany also has two national and 17 state public banks and a whole network of local community banks, Barcasa, and these all work together in a very mutually supportive way. So there are different structures, whether they're community banks or the state banks or the national banks, but they're creating a wonderful web of financing for the people of Germany.
3: Well, I, I don't know how much of that uh, their public banking is going to fund uh, their efforts uh, on uh, on climate change, but I know they're way ahead of where we are with our economy, and I'm not sure it gets my attention that they are doing so, and I can imagine public banking is involved with it.
0: And besides... Uh, it is very
4: involved,
0: yes. They say besides Germany. Ruth, you're going to take us all over the world here. Public banking is something that may people go wet, um, but... It's, that's not the case in the whole rest of the world besides Germany. Uh, where else do they have these creatures?
4: Um, you know, Brazil has quite a network of different kinds of public banks from uh, ones where people can actually bring credit cards into the local grocery stores to um, uh, state, uh, uh, national, state, uh, public banks, Um um that I once could have told you a much longer story about Brazil than I can right now. But there are there are public banks, um, again, all around the world.
0: Um and so. Russia, China, I guess. So mm-hmm.
4: Yes, that's correct. I just don't have all the details about about those banks. I have, you know, more detail about how it works in Germany. Um and it's interesting that that canada had a public bank um focused on development again from 1935 to 1971 when conservatives took over and said ah we don't need this but maybe canada will get back on board again you know that would be that would be really good um you know i'm just wondering if people would like to know a little bit about the bank of
0: north dakota well, yeah, that we were going to get to that, that because that, that is oh. that what? is the model, isn't it?
3: Yes, and, <laughs> and their largest loan portfolio. Let's talk about that in, in your your comments. Yeah,
0: yeah we, well, let, let me have uh, both of you say something about uh, North Dakota and, and Ruth. You you started off, so uh, tell us, lay it on us. What is what is BND? Bank
4: of North Dakota, started by the farmers in. 1917, 18, they were getting totally screwed by the banks. They were um, taking away their farms because they couldn't uh, pay their mortgages. Um, and they were losing their farms. They were losing their harm, homes. And so um, there were some organizers. It was part of a sort of a socialist movement in the United States and also um, in Europe they created something called the Nonpartisan League. And they said, okay, we're not on the Republicans, we're not on the Democrats, we're on our own party, the Nonpartisan League. And I saw an incredible movie about how the farmers organized, you know, you see them threshing their wheat just as the big storms are coming in, and they're going door to door to door, talking to farmers about what a public bank would mean. And so they ended up in just a few years, they took control of the state legislature they elected their own governor and they created uh the public bank and then the republicans tried to stop it they tried to stop them from being able to sell bonds in order to capitalize the bank but they overcame that and they actually set up the bank and today the bank of north dakota has a balance sheet of four billion dollars pretty good and and yeah, and it, is, it has been able to come in and help communities when there's a crisis, the Red River flood in 1997 when um, 50,000 people were evacuated. And on the uh, North Dakota side of the river, the bank came in and helped the businesses get reestablished. On the other side of the river, it took over a decade to get back on their feet. So different you know, state. the bank was
3: a different in a state. Different state. Yeah.
4: yeah, right. So the bank was just able to jump in. And another thing that we talk about a lot in Massachusetts, and partly because of the history in North Dakota, is the way the public bank works with local private banks. And it's called participation loans. So the, um, the public bank... Um, if, a, if a local bank wants to make a loan, but they don't have enough um, resources, capitalization, to make the loan, they can go to the state bank and say, will you help us? And the state bank will say, well, look, have you done your due diligence? Do you know that this is a, a good loan prospect? And the public bank says, yeah, we've done it. We know they're good. They're in our community. We, need, uh, we know them. There'll be a good loan uh, prospect, and then the public bank comes in and helps with the loan. And the local bank gets what's called the, the participation fee for all the work they did. And what's happened in North Dakota, and I've been on a call many years ago with local bankers in North Dakota, they haven't been taken over by the Wall Street banks. There are more local banks per capita in North Dakota than anywhere else in the country. That is because of the public bank.
0: There's some important things that you're touching on there. A lot of stuff like uh, this will involve participation between banks and a local bank and a larger public bank. So there's not really a competition between the the regular quote-unquote banks and the a uh, new, newer public bank. Um, let me ask David, too, about uh, how it works. How, how does our Bank of North D- Dakota model work? You don't, if you're in North Dakota and you don't necessarily have a bank account at the Bank of North Dakota, do you?
2: No, I mean, and, and Ruth really touched on this, but just to be clear, the Bank of North Dakota really fun- functions as a, quote, banker's bank. That means that most of its lending is actually done in partnership with local banks and credit unions. So that's an incredible uh, portfolio that they have. It's, again, the reason that the local banks uh, uh, are so robust uh, in North Dakota. But the one place that they, that they do actually interact directly uh, with consumers, uh, and that is for uh, college and uh, college funds. And so. Uh, student loans are a part of the Public Bank of North Dakota. Again, this is an example of public banks are a function of uh, a public process, and the, 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 the political will uh, was there to, to make uh, uh, student debt or, or uh, borrowing money for students part of their portfolio, but as it currently stands, The Bank of North Dakota really is about ensuring credit availability for local banks and credit unions.
3: And my understanding is that uh, student loans is the largest part of their portfolio, and the rate that they go for for their students is about half what it is in the rest of the nation. It's
4: also uh, a, a recent addition to what the Bank of North Dakota does. So it didn't come, you know, right out in the early days making those kinds of loans. Mm-hmm. It didn't until, gee, David, I think it's about a decade ago that they started making these these student loans. And it's, and it's because it's a very well-established bank, um, and uh, so they are. And I think it's very important that they're able to do that. But it doesn't mean for instance, in Massachusetts, that we're going to start talking about making student loans. That wouldn't be wise to do right at the beginning mm-hmm. of, of a bank getting established.
0: And back to North Dakota, I, I guess the second category of, of large loans is uh, home mortgages, another really important uh, people-oriented well, service. Yeah. David?
2: Yeah, that's right. And, and uh, again, I, I agree with uh, Ruth, I, I, the, the the reality is that the Bank of North Dakota's portfolio it's currently uh, operating uh, business loans and student loans, but then right behind it, home mortgages and farm loans, mm-hmm. right? So, again, yeah. this is a function of the political process and uh, the demand. Uh, Ruth is correct that the the student loan came about uh, uh, 10, 15 years ago. I, I can't remember exactly the date, but it was because of a particular need and political, uh, uh, movement to make that part of the process. Again, for me, uh, I want to be clear. I'd like to treat, uh, access to education, including university and college, uh, as a public right, just like we have free, uh, uh, school for K through 12. I think that it should be available, uh, for, uh, colleges and universities. I don't think that there actually should be, uh, any need to borrow money to go. But that's a separate political question. We're
0: getting close to the end of our hour. We have about four minutes left and I wonder if we should jump down to resources and what people can do. You've already talked a little bit about that, but um, maybe we could talk about websites and authors and things where people could look and and kind of slowly so people can write it down if they want. Um, Ruth, you have some ideas about where people could go?
4: Yeah, the first thing I would suggest is the um, uh, Public Banking Institute, which covers what's going on um, around the country. Um, So that's just www.publicbankinginstitute.org and there is another national organization a newer one the national public banking alliance and they have a website publicbanking.us so i think that that those two to begin to get a grounding in what's going on are very very important and then you can go to the state campaigns like ours in massachusetts it's just masspublicbanking.org we, uh, we're delighted to work with a public banking advocate out in Washington State to set up our website. Um, so uh, we have a lot up on that website. And then each of the individual campaigns, like philadelphiapublicbanking.org, um, bankingonnewjersey.org, and... Um, publicbankingpa.org, but you can get all those websites if you just go to publicbankinginstitute.org. So you don't have to write down each of the individual ones. Just go to that main national website, and, and you can get those links. And then there's a few books. Um, Ellen Brown is like the um, grand dame of, of uh, public banking. And she she wrote a book, the public bank revolution. Um, uh, excuse me, the public bank solution. It is a revolution, but it's, her book is the public bank solution, solution. <laughs> from austerity to prosperity. And um, uh, this is this is a very good um, uh, book, you know, sort of for for covering a lot of what's going
0: on around the world and the history, all of that. Okay, I'm going to cut you off here for a minute because yes. um, we're almost out of time and give David a chance to uh, announce a community event that he wanted to, plus tell people how they can, uh, in Northern California, get together. And apologies to the listeners who started calling in when I said there's three minutes left. So, <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, but anyway, you're going to write down what these people are saying and you can contact them. Okay, David. One
2: minute. And because it's Mendocino, I'm going to actually just give you my personal cell number. Reach out to me at 707 362 0333. And let's get a Mendocino Public Banking Organization up and going so we can get y'all connected with the uh, California Public Banking Alliance. And thank you for the opportunity because. On April 22, that's right, Earth Day, uh, Humboldt State University is partnering with Cooperation Humboldt and the U.S. Solidarity Economy Network and the California Public Banking Alliance and the National Public Banking Alliance and the
3: U.S. Federation of Workers' Cooperation. Ten seconds. Okay,
0: we're out of time. I'm going to step on I'm going to step, on, going to step on you, too. The number, the number is 3620333 to get a hold of David.